Welcome back to In the Queue, film conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm your co-host, Phil. And looking back at this year's movies thus far, I would say there are some really great titles that have left a strong impression on moviegoers this year. I would agree with that. I think that it has been, it's been a very interesting year, if nothing else, and a really great year for new talent arriving on the scene. I'm your co-host, Andrew, Mm -hmm. and... I think that this uh, it's going to turn out by the end of the year here to be a very, very interesting uh, awards season and a very interesting year to look back on in general because, uh, as I just mentioned, a lot of the really stellar standout work has not come from the stalwart uh, filmmakers of, of the industry as we know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because um, a lot of the notable releases of this year that are from the established great directors have not been racking up the acclaim as much as some of the young Turks on the scene. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we're we're going to get all into this discussion about upcoming movies that Andrew and I are excited about seeing. And I'll also tell you a story about how I saw the newest film from one of the established directors before yes. <laughs> most people get to, um, that should be fun. Um, and this is also, I'll mention our 250th episode it here is. On in the queue. It is cause for so, celebration. Um, yeah, it's a special episode for us. Um, we were originally going to have a special guest on for this episode, but we rescheduled until after Christmas. So look for that as yet unnamed, or I should say, I mean, we know who it is, but you don't know who it is yet. <laughs> so we're going to leave it, leave him or her anonymous until then. You're blowing it. Um, You're blowing it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just move on. All right. So um, before we get into the discussion, though, I want to let you guys know where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog, which is at www.in-the-q.com. That's the letter Q. And on our blog are all of our episodes, as well as reviews of every film that we do. You can also go to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for In The Q. Q-U-E-U-E is how it's spelled. On our Facebook page, you can find all of our episodes yet again. You can also leave uh, requests for movies you would like us to review, and we'll have you on the show. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, which is at ITQ Podcast. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And lastly, you can find us on various podcast aggregate apps such as Overcast or Podcast and also on iTunes. So let's talk about movies. Let's do Um, it. That's why we're here. So I thought we could first kind of take a look at two critics awards lists that I have always admired over the years. These are the two probably the most respected film critic circles in the country um, speaking about the New York and the LA film critic circles. And usually and, pretty uh, good heralds of things to come. Usually when they gave out their awards at the end of the year, it's a pretty good bet that a lot of the films and individuals who are nominated for those awards or who win those awards uh, will be nominated for the Golden Globes, the Oscars, etc. I think that the, the, the nomination is is definitely a lock, but as to who wins, sometimes you get surprised. Yeah, uh, I remember a couple of years ago when Zero Dark Thirty took the best film prize from the New York Film Critics Circle yeah. and went on to not win Best Picture that year. Um, it's the same deal with the Golden Globes because these awards are coming out before everyone has seen all of the films for this year. Um, I know that film critics often get screeners and they have access to 
you know, the notable films before us, you know, common folk. But but still, um, there are some films that don't quite ride the wave of, you know, notice until December or early January. Uh, but let's just dive into some of these awards. And we're yeah. also going to talk about um, how we feel about these awards. Uh, many of these films we've seen. We're also going to talk about films uh, that we're looking forward to seeing as well um, that haven't quite reached us yet. Yeah, so for for our faithful at, for our faithful listeners, you can think of this episode as kind of a primer for uh, what to watch in the coming months or month and a half, two right. months. If you look at us as trendsetters, then <laughs> don't look at just us. Look at the LA and the New York. I was going to say, look at <laughs> look at people with considerably more <laughs> clout than we have. And then later on, we're going to do our best of the year uh, picks, just me and Andrew, so you can kind of get a sense of how how they measure up. Um, so the New York Film Critics gave Best Picture to La La Land, yeah, which surprised me. I always thought there was a rivalry between New York and L.A. that precluded such uh, congratulations, but although uh, they gave it to La La Land, it is a musical, and New York City is kind of the American home of the musical. So, good point. Um, La La Land is a film that I haven't seen yet. Have you seen it? Neither of us have. Uh, no, it has. It hasn't released here in New York yet that I know mm-hmm. of. Um, it may be releasing tonight, tomorrow. Um, I think it's coming out over here within the next several days or a week or so. Yeah, and it is the newest film by Damien Chazelle, uh, who brought mm-hmm. us Whiplash a couple of years ago, which I thought was an extraordinary film. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a musical with. Uh, America's Sweethearts, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah, and it looks to be very colorful and stylish, and I like what seems to be the the main aesthetic of the film is celebrating contemporary Los Angeles yeah, in yeah. all its grit and and surfaciness as a as a beautiful magical place. Um, yeah. it it opens as I know with a an elaborate musical number in the middle of a traffic jam, yeah, which yeah. if you've been, if you've driven through LA, then you know that those are as Plen- common plentiful. as grass in the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, truthfully in LA grass in a field is not common since it's the desert. Right. I, I meant grass in a grassier location, <laughs> but you get, you get what I'm saying. I think I understand. Uh, the best, the best director prize. Uh, oftentimes I feel like these, two awards get split um whether you're talking about um you know a film critics association or if you're talking about a film festival usually yeah, very the best rarely the best director gets split yeah very rarely at the oscars does that happen uh or even at the golden globes but uh in the film critics associations and certainly at festivals they like to spread the love right. around a little bit more although in the past few years it, it's happened a couple times because Alfonso Cuaron won for Gravity as Best Director, while 12 Years a Slave got Best Picture. Yeah. And then um, last year, Spotlight got Best Picture, and then Inuritu got Best Director. Very true. It does happen sometimes, but it is, it's not as common. Anyway, uh, Barry Jenkins completely deserves the award for Moonlight. Yes, indeed. Uh, that movie was 
fantastic in every way and it deserves multiple awards no matter it, who is the body granting them. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our episode on Moonlight yet, I would recommend that you do so. Uh, we both fawn over the film. <laughs> I would say it's safe Indeed. to say. Um, but yeah, really great to see that they chose to honor Barry Jenkins for a great, great job. Indeed. Uh, coming up after that, best screenplay, Manchester by the Sea, which is going to be our next episode after this one. So we will definitely have something to say about that. Yeah. Um, ditto uh, best actress, Isabel Huppert, for two films this year. And I'll go ahead and say that Isabel Huppert got best actress not just for the New York film critics, but also for the L.A. film critics as well. Yeah. Um, also for, for the same two films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, do you want to continue down the list? Sure. Uh, the next award is the Best Actor Award, and that goes to Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, uh, a much mm-hmm. heralded award that is a bit mired in controversy at the moment uh, in the same way that... Oh, what is the controversy for that one? The controversy is just Casey Affleck's sordid past and um, accusations oh. of sexual harassment that uh, uh, have been levied against him. Uh, bummer. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, and they're saying that it might hurt his his chances at uh, at winning Best Actor. But uh, by all accounts, his performance in that film is incredible. I still am of the opinion that he should have won Best Supporting Actor for the, or actually Best Actor even for the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the great performances of the last ten years, but it didn't happen. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that old Javier Bardem. He swept all the awards that year. He certainly did. Understandably so, I think. Uh, The next award on the list is Best Supporting Actress. That uh, went to Michelle Williams. Uh, New York film critics gave it to Mm -hmm. her for a combination of her performance in Manchester by the Sea and in the film Certain Women. Uh, Uh, We have seen the latter. We have. uh, Certain Women. We have. And... uh, she was quite good. It's interesting because, yeah, she was great. Uh, she was she's a she's really turned into a great actress. I think e- yeah. even dating back to Brokeback Mountain and yeah. uh, Blue Valentine, oh, uh, so both good. of which she was nominated for Oscars, and yeah. she was also nominated for my my life with Marilyn or my day with Marilyn. Yeah. So she's she has the potential to rack up like a fourth Oscar nomination this year, which is very impressive, uh, especially for someone who has yeah. Didn't she start out? <laughs> Didn't she start out on Dawson's Creek or something? Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, pretty good. Well, good for her to have you know come to where she's come to. Um, um, I will mention that uh, yeah. uh, she's she she won for certain women in supporting actress from the New York Film Critics. The L.A. Film Critics gave Lily Gladstone from Certain Women their award. Yeah, yeah, that film is and, basically a series of vignettes. Uh, of people mm-hmm. whose lives sort of tangentially intersect. Uh, right. And so basically every performance in that film is a supporting performance because it's an ensemble cast. Yeah, they're based on short stories, actually, that yeah. all kind of uh, come together uh, yeah. towards the end. It was kind of kind of a refreshing film. It was. Um, then you've also got... Um, Mahershala Ali winning Best Supporting Actor for Moonlight. Could not agree more. And that is actually for both the LA and the New York Film Critics Awards. Could not agree more. I think he's so good uh, in yeah. that movie. <laughs> he, was, he was a wonderful aspect of that movie. Uh, Best Cinematography was awarded to Moonlight from the New York Film Critics, which 
It's a very atmospheric film. It is. And not just that, not just the mood, but the there's some really dazzling moving steadicam work yeah. in Moonlight. I well uh, as, really as precise we precise kind of like spinning and Yeah, and, and as we talked about in our our episode on Moonlight, the visual design of that film and each section of the film uh, and the sort of identity that our our protagonist assumes in each of those sections is mm-hmm. like the the visual style reflects where that character is is in that period of their life and it's very right meticulous and it's very well thought out and it's very integral to the actual action of the film which is that's i mean that's really great cinematography yeah and i think behind it is great direction because the director had the vision to say you know okay james in this segment of the film it's going to be this type of coverage compared to what you've been doing before yeah and uh but you know of course the director and the cinematographer worked very closely and the i'm sure that there was there was a give and take going on sure uh so another award from new york Best yeah. animated film, the um, Zootopia, which we reviewed when that came out uh, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure if that is the the most impactful animated film that I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was it was a pretty good film. I remember our discussion about it, which you, the listener, can definitely track down if you're so inclined. But um, how do you feel about the best animated film award this year, Andrew? Uh, well, in this case, I think it's expected the la film critics did a very different thing and we'll talk about that in a minute uh Mm -hmm. but zootopia i mean yeah i mean everybody loved it and i i get it Mm -hmm. but uh i am hoping that a few of the lesser known films get nominated for the oscars Uh, one i was mentioning to phil before the podcast started is a film called phantom boy that i saw from the same people Mm -hmm. who made a cat in paris which was nominated for an academy award a few years ago uh, right. So I'm hoping that, uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't expect those to win. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially well, with things who knows? like Maybe... Mo- Moana is out now, and that's, yeah. of course, been very popular. I was about so. to say. Who knows? Yeah, there's that full phenomenon of recency where a, a film can kind of come in at the last minute and just swoop up all the attention. Sure. That's why there's often a, a disparity between the Golden Globes and the Oscar winners, because... You know, for example, if you look at the history of the Golden Globes, you've got movies like Social Network, Avatar, Boyhood, all winning the best film. Yeah. But then when the Oscars happen, you know, three months later, um, they're they're all but forgotten in favor of the recent picks. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, best uh, nonfiction film is uh, O.J. Made in America, according to the New York Film Critics and the L.A. Film Critics. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it, it was it was a it was a runner up for the L.A. film critics. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so this is a film that um, I did not even know of its existence, but the oh, the yeah. hottest documentary of the year up until recently has been Wiener. Yeah, yeah, but there's I mean there's a whole bunch. the The interesting thing about documentary now is that there's so many outlets for it and so many people doing independent documentaries and especially companies like Netflix who have been great about funding really excellent documentaries. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think OJ made America was one of those films, but, uh, but they're there. They can, they can come out of virtually nowhere 
and and be nominated at the end of the year things that you may not have heard right, of yeah. or things that just take you by surprise I, I also wonder if um you know OJ's part of the zeitgeist this year because of that uh, the FX know, limited series yeah that won all those awards and, sure. and a lot of viewership sure uh, best foreign language film according to the New York Film Critics Circle is Tony Erdman mm-hmm. um, which I can't wait to see I'd love to see it I haven't yet it was also a runner-up at the LA Film Critics yep and rounding out the New York list best first film was The Edge of 17 which has been getting as rave tied- reviews yeah, with a, a performance by um, Haley Steinfeld that looks mm-hmm. like a nice kind of return to form after her Oscar-nominated role in True Grit a few years ago. Yeah, and her subsequent decision and, to become a pop star. <laughs> and then we've also got Krisha, which is a, also the winner of the Best First Film, which I know really nothing about, but it's Andrew has expressed excitement over it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Is that all the excitement you can muster for it? Oh, no, no. I, I just, I also have not seen it yet, but I, the trailer I remember seeing when I was in the theaters way back in the, I don't know, April or May or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, and it just looked mind-blowingly good. So I'm very excited to go see that. Cool. And then lastly, the New York Film Critics gave a special award to Thelma Schoonmaker and Julie Dash. Yeah. Um, for the Daughters of the Dust 25th Anniversary Restoration. Uh, Thelma Schoonmaker, of course, is Martin Scorsese's longtime editor back since, you know, Raging Bull. And former um, wife of uh, Michael Powell. Michael Powell. The great director. Yeah. Um, more on Thelma Schoonmaker later. <laughs> uh, rounding out the L.A. film critics, they actually gave best film... Not to La La Land, but to Moonlight. Moonlight, yes. It's an upset. I uh, I remember when um, when 2007 happened, and it was a great year for movies. It was, of course, as Andrew mentioned, the year yes. of the assassination of Jesse James with a coward Robert Ford, yes. which he did not mention by name, but he mentioned uh, Casey Affleck's performance. And then you also had No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. So it was a really good year. It was a great year. You also had Atonement and other good films. But No Country for Old Men swept, and I'm not even kidding, like every single Best Picture, Best Director, Critics Award. Yeah. Except for the L.A. Film Critics. And they gave Best Picture to There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And I always thought that it was because it was a California film and they were trying to you know, support that aspect of their of, of filmmaking. Sure. But here they are. The L.A. film critics did not even award best film to La La Land, which well, goes to show how good a movie Moonlight is. It shows how good a movie Moonlight is, and it also goes to show there's there's a long sort of history of the L.A. and the, and the New York film critics trying to differentiate themselves from one another and picking different mm-hmm. winners. And of course, the, there's the very famous... Uh, Choice by I believe it was the L.A. critics to who picked uh, Brazil as the best picture back in 1985. Yeah, they did. Uh, just to sort of stick it to Sid Sheinberg and the industry. <laughs> That's right. It was it was purely so that Brazil could get released. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty brilliant strategy, and of course, that being one of my favorite films, uh, I fully support the L.A. film critics' decision. I think you. You know, it's not 
it's not just a pick to stick it to Sin Scheidberg because if you look at 1985, I mean, that was the year that Out of Africa won Best Picture. It was yeah. not like a, a dynamite year for, for critically acclaimed films. True. So Brazil, I think, deserved it as well as being a film that needed an extra push to get it released. I thought, I mean... I mean, sure. why am I even arguing about this with you? You love the film. Well, but what I'm saying is that at the at that point in time, nobody had even seen the film, except for the critics, right? Because they had screened it for them. So it was basically they were nominating as their or, or awarding best picture to a film that had not been released and nobody had seen, which is a pretty bold yeah. statement to make. That is a bold statement, straight out of John Travolta's mouth. <laughs> Um, the one thing that the LA film critics do differently is they give runner ups for every award, which is, you know, nice and friendly. Yeah. So they gave La La Land the runner up for best picture, best director, just like the, the New York critics they gave to Barry Jenkins. Hooray. Yes. Runner up to Damien Chazelle. Yeah. Uh, they gave best actor to Adam Driver, which I am really excited about this movie. Patterson. I think it's going to be like right up my alley. It's just the kind of movie yeah. that I would like, you know, it's, it's by one of my favorite directors, Jim Jarmusch. Yep, yep. It's kind of like his return to form. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited to see that film when it comes. And they yeah. gave, they gave the runner uh, up to Casey Affleck for Manchester by the sea. who of course, New York gave best. Indeed. Actor. And Adam driver has actually gotten to be a fairly acclaimed actor in his own right. It's that Juilliard training, um, man. Yeah. He won an award from the Venice Film Festival for a film that I have not yet seen. Um, but it came out a couple of years ago. And I actually recently watched his TED Talk the other day, which was kind of fun. He's a uh, fascinating more on Adam, human being. He is. And I'll, I'll expound more on Adam Driver later. <laughs> In a little bit. Yeah, of course. Uh, once again, for Best Actress, Isabelle Huppert for the two films that we already mentioned. Runner-up to Rebecca Hall for the for Christine, which I really want to see because I know the story about Christine Shubbuck, yeah, yeah, and how she killed herself on the air. Yeah, uh, we'll see if that comes to my hometown. Uh, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight again for Best Supporting Actor. Lily Gladstone for, as we mentioned, for Certain Women Best Supporting Actress. Here's an interesting pick for Best Screenplay. Ephthemus Philippou and Yorgos Lanthimos for The Lobster. Yeah, that makes me happy. Yeah, it's it's nice. They're kind of spreading it around, not just for the more recent critical favorites, but also some films that came out earlier in the year. Yeah, like the, the Lobster, lobster. Was, it was such a fascinating film and such an interesting film. I think that it's uh, deserving of some recognition. It was one of the most unique mm-hmm. things to come out this year. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the as you say, unique films, the ones that have the unique vision that are really uh, are coming together of all different types of filmmaking, like Grand Budapest Hotel or Being John Malkovich, like mm-hmm. these really you know, weird, unique films, oftentimes they, their sole award or nomination is for the screenplay yeah, because yeah. they want to give all the credit to one source. And, and it all springs from the writing usually so true uh best production design the handmaiden which i know andrew really wants to see have you seen it i've seen it i've seen it and i'm very happy to see it represented on this list as a yeah. a huge park chan wook fan i uh-huh. am very happy to see anything that he ever does nominated since i think he is 
unquestionably one of the great directors working today. Yeah. Um, it hasn't come to my area yet, but I'm going to be on the lookout for The Handmaiden. I might have to watch yeah, it, it online. Should come, it should come pretty shortly because it's been out here for about a month. So. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, best editing, it was actually given to a documentary. Yeah. Which I have, I have definitely thought to myself that why documentaries should more... have an award oh, for I, editing. I thought you were going to say, why don't we see more documentaries in the editing category, which I think is a fair question as well. I think they're both fair questions, but like, should should a documentary editing award exist just for documentaries? Uh, Good question. I don't know, but definitely, uh, documentaries like narrative films are are really made in the editing room. Yeah, um, really it takes a lot so, of skill. Sometimes more um, so because you're dealing with, in many cases, hundreds of hours of footage. Indeed. And the runner-up was Tom Cross for La La Land. Uh, best cinematography was also Moonlight, just like the LA, the uh, New York Film Critics. Oh yeah. Uh, runner-up was for La La Land. Best music, La La Land. The runner-up was for Jackie. And Jackie was recently on NPR, uh, and there was a discussion about the musical score. So I heard it for the first time the other day, and it, it's very. Uh, it's very kind of expressive and dramatic. It uses music to kind of tell the tragic story of, of Jacqueline Kennedy's life. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see if that film gets a little bit more traction moving into the awards season, because it's certainly one that is manufactured for the awards season, if nothing else. And right. uh, it's got a lot of great talent, uh, you know, sort of uh, attached to it. So it'll be cur- I'll be curious to see how that does. Indeed. Best foreign film was The Handmaiden, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the runner-up was Tony Erdman, which I, I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, best documentary, I Am Not Your Negro. Runner-up, OJ Made in America. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the winner, I Am Not Your Negro. I haven't seen it. Um, but it I'm always on the lookout for documentaries. It's kind of my bread and butter. Yeah, I saw it on the Oscars shortlist, and it's supposed to be amazing. I saw a trailer for that a while back, too, and it looks really excellent. Mm-hmm. So Here we see um, a, a confluence, as it were, of films by and about people of color this year. Yes. Which there was, there was a dearth of that, as was famously criticized about the awards season last year. Here you've got multiple films representing people of color and uh obviously that's great yeah it's definitely great especially if they're nabbing those big awards they are so richly deserving yeah andrew do you want to continue down the list uh i certainly can continue down the list uh the next thing uh film or the next category is best animation uh and that's a film called your name which i believe is a Mm -hmm. uh, japanese film the runner-up is a film called The Red Turtle. I have seen neither of these films, but I am desperate to see them both because I'm a huge fan of animated films and anything that is good enough to uh, snag an award like this, I am wanting to see. The Red um, Turtle is Studio Ghibli? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's so, not yeah. Miyazaki. It's a but separate it's not Miyazaki, character. yeah. He has, quote-unquote, officially retired from directing. Although he just recently announced Quote that he was interested in directing another film, so we'll see. He's retired like <laughs> five times, so at this point you can't yeah. really believe the man. Um, and I honestly, I hope he never does, because he's too great. 
the next award that they gave out was New Generation, uh, and that went to uh, Trey Edward Schultz and Kresha Fairchild for the film, Kresha. Uh, we talked about that when we were talking about the uh, New York film critics. And then they mm-hmm. gave out uh, some of the lesser-known awards, uh, the Independent Experimental Film Slash Video Award, uh, the Douglas Edwards Award, went to The Illinois Parables by De- Deborah Stratman. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a special citation for Turner Classic Movies for preserving historic cinema via Filmstruck, which is a new online streaming service that they launched in conjunction with the Criterion Collection, where you can actually yeah. stream the entirety of the Criterion Collection for, you know, 10 or 15 bucks a month, something like that, along with all of the special features, which were missing from Hulu right. or any of the other Hulu. resources that you could watch uh, the Criterion Collection online, which I think is a very exciting development. That is very exciting. And it may one day remove the need for us to buy Criterion DVDs. It may. In, There's something in sad about as that, we isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, progress is progress. Uh, I progress guess. is progress. Uh, and the and the final award that they gave out was for career achievement, and that award went to Shirley MacLaine, which uh, is fantastic, uh, as she mm-hmm. is one of the most wonderful and uh, fantastic actresses out there. Indeed. And uh, so that's kind of our handicap of of the most notable award winning films and. Um, we mentioned some of the films that we're excited about, like Manchester by the Sea. I think we're both excited about La La Land. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited about Nocturnal Animals coming up soon, the new film by Tom Ford, uh, starring Amy Adams mm-hmm. and Jake Gyllenhaal. So, uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned, look, look for a, uh, a recap later this year of our favorites of 2016. And uh, I wanted to conclude just by telling a, a story about my experience uh, seeing yeah. a film that is remarkably absent from most of these categories. Almost all of the categories. But here's the question. Was it screened for the critics ahead of time? Because I know a lot of films that don't come out until around Christmas time or after don't make it into these awards and become big surprise winners at the awards because... Nobody had seen it at the time of the awards. Well, it should be said, the film is Silence, the new Martin Scorsese movie. And it did win a runner-up prize from the L.A. film critics. So critics have seen it. And I can say with some certainty that Uh-oh. while it is a very good film, it's, a, it's an excellent film, Yeah, uh, I don't see it taking home any major awards that's my prediction yeah but l- let me tell you the story of how i came to see this film before virtually anybody else yeah. in the world how could one man be so lucky right so i live in california now and i heard about the uh there's a screening at the castro the legendary theater in san francisco oh, yeah. of the movie silence and it's just for members of the San Francisco Film Society. So what did I do? I joined the San Francisco Film Society. And I paid my yearly dues, and I showed up an hour before the screening started, and there was a line down the block. And I got in line, I got my voucher, and I got a great seat before anybody else, you know, stole it. And um, 
it was a it's a beautiful historic theater. It yeah, dates sure. back to the early 20th century, and it was very grand. And then after the curtain, after the lights went down, the head of the San Francisco Film Society came out, and he thanked everyone for coming. And I had known ahead of time that Martin Scorsese was going to be there, which is the main reason why I ponied up the entry fee. Wait, but they were keeping it a secret from the audience? Well, the audience knew because it was it was posted online. Sure. But the the head guy came out and he said that, thank you for coming and welcome to our screening of Silence. I just want to introduce somebody now who's a longtime veteran of the film industry, somebody that you all know and respect. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome George Lucas. And then George oh. Lucas comes out on stage. Really? And yeah, and he's like so close, I feel like I could reach out and touch his hair or something. Whoa. And he, he gets up to the podium and, and people are giving him a standing ovation and he's like waving his hands like, stop it, stop it. And he gets up and he just kind of, shoots the breeze for a couple minutes and says, you know, that he's seen the silence and he likes it and it's a very emotional film and it's got a little bit of blood in it, but you know, it's a Martin Scorsese picture and, uh, and Scorsese isn't here yet, but he's coming soon. And then he kind of looked at the, gave a sideways glance to this, to the film critics director and is like, is that enough? Can, am I done? And then he nodded and then, and then George Lucas, you know, welcomed us and then walked off stage you know because he he lives nearby he, he's of course skywalker yeah. ranch is right is in northern california and uh and then the movie played and it looked amazing and it was very brutal to watch and very difficult uh i'm not going to get too much into it because i think we're going to do an episode about it when it finally comes yeah, out yeah for sure to the mainstream but and then it ended and uh one of the supporting actors was the first person introduced for the Q&A later, and it's Issy Ogata, who was the runner-up runner for the actor yeah. from the L.A. Film Critics. Yeah. And he was, he was incredible. Uh, and then they brought out the producer. They brought out Thelma Schoonmaker, who's like a hero to me. Yeah. They brought out Adam, Garfield, Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield. And then they brought out Scorsese. And um, they just, you know... <laughs> told stories about the making of the film and Scorsese was talking about how he had conceived of making silence finally after almost 30 years of, of pre-production yeah when when he wrapped the departed oh. and he said that it was after the departed because when the departed was done it left such a spiritual void that he had to fill it with a a spiritual drama because as you know, Andrew, as I know you've seen The Departed, mm -hmm. it's full of uh, double crossing yeah. and lying and yeah. no moral high ground whatsoever. Yeah. And so Scorsese was, was, was missing a story that had, you know, a lot of meaning or spiritual significance. And uh, Silence is an epic movie. It's almost three hours long. Um, and when the Q&A was over... I mean, I felt just so jazzed at having been there. And um, they told us at the end that we had to stay in our seats for the, for a few minutes so that everybody on stage could run and go catch a plane. <laughs> and we didn't mob them <laughs> yeah. try to get autographs. Yeah. Uh, but one, one person asked a question in the audience, and he, he said, where does this film stand next to Last Temptation of Christ Ooh. in terms of 
you know, spirituality for you, Scorsese. And, um, and he said that, you know, they were both really significant for him in the way they approached Christianity. And, uh, it's definitely a film that I look forward to talking about more in depth, but, um, it was a pretty awesome experience just to, to see it with that audience and with those people on stage. So I was, it's silence without giving away too much. Silence is definitely going to be, I think, on my list oh. at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see the film. Uh, every film I've gone to see in the last two weeks, I think, has had a trailer for Silence in front of it. And I keep seeing the same trailer over and over again and getting jazzed mm-hmm. over and over again <laughs> about seeing yeah, it. Well, just be jazzed. Yeah, I think it looks great. Um, you know, I love Scorsese, as I think most people do. And, uh, yeah, I'm so envious that you got to see him talk and, and all the rest of those folks. I mean, that's a, that's a, a power crew of, of folks to talk about uh, anything, really. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And it makes me glad to live so close to a major city, which is something you've been enjoying for I know. many years. I know, yeah. I can't count the number <laughs> of movies I went to see. And I was like, oh, yeah, I went to – and the director spoke before we watched this. Um, yeah, the box trolls, for instance, uh, which was great. That was a great experience. Um, cool. Yeah, very cool. And notice uh, Kubo and the Two Strings did not get nominated or win. Yeah, awards from most film critics this year. I mean, for me, that and Phantom Boy were the best animated films I have seen this year. Uh, but I have not mm-hmm. seen Moana yet, uh, admittedly, and I have not seen either of the uh, Japanese films that were nominated or that were one and got runner up at uh LA film critics. So hopefully it will be a nice, diverse, interesting cast or cast grouping of uh nominees uh-huh. this year at the at the Academy Awards. We shall see. We shall um, see. Well I think that that concludes our um two hundred fiftieth episode. Woohoo Woohoo um, Yeah. Where we are um just kind of offering our take on upcoming films and sharing a story or two stay tuned for our next episode which is going to be our 251st (laughs) if sequential numerology still applies i think it does uh it's going to be about the film manchester by the sea yeah which uh is a film that got is getting nominated for and winning awards for its screenplay and best actor um and and other nominations as well. So it's it's looks to be one of the powerhouses of the year. So uh, stay tuned stay tuned for that, and we'll catch you next time. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.